It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day, every day, every day. It is episode number 283 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. We welcome you aboard as the Redskins preseason opener is now in the books. They lose to the Cleveland Browns 30-10. to Thursday night in Cleveland, Ohio, the final score obviously does not matter much, but the game and the process and the details does matter a little bit. We're here to cover it all with you right here on LOR 283. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Uh, As always, make sure you follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins on Twitter. You can follow me individually at WrestleMania621. You can listen to me. On 1067 The Fan and the Radio.com app, or of course, download and get your daily fix here on the Washington Redskins on the Lockdown Redskins podcast and everything in between. Read me in the Warpath magazine and the FanDC.com. All right, let's get to it. The Redskins lose 30 to 10 to the Cleveland Browns. The final score, not really indicative. Not only is it not important, but really not indicative. Uh, of the game, we should point out that the Browns scored on an 86-yard punt return in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, uh, and as well had a 40-yard interception return pick six. Now, obviously, that is important. Both of those are important. But 14 of the points, um, actually 13 because they missed the extra point uh, on the punt return touchdown. So 13 of the 30 points that the Browns scored not against the defense. Now, let's go inside the numbers and inside the box score and tell you what you may have missed in case you weren't able to watch the game, in case you weren't able to check it out and keep tabs on it from a Redskins perspective. Case Keenum was the starting quarterback for the Washington Redskins. He played three series. He was four of nine, 60 yards, a touchdown, a 103.9 rating, no interceptions. And after a disappointing first series for the Redskins, in which they had a couple of penalties, and we'll get into some part of that. Case Keenum came out, and the Redskins were facing a third and nine situation. And Keenum, uh, off the call from Jay Gruden and Kevin O'Connell, went deep and looked looked like he eluded a little bit of pressure, uh, went deep, and probably would have hooked up with Robert Davis for a big, long, in-stride Pass completion, if Davis could have made the catch, the ball was slightly over Davis's head and over his shoulder. The bottom line is this. Davis was able to draw the defensive pass interference penalty, and the Redskins were able to get 43 yards out of that particular penalty on third and nine. A couple plays later, it was a 46-yard touchdown pass to Robert Davis in stride. Busted coverage, yes. There's no doubt that the cornerback was not exp- either he was expecting safety help to rotate over and the safety didn't rotate over or he was playing the wrong coverage and he sat down and squatted down. Uh, and the bottom line is this, that Davis was able to waltz into the end zone on a 46-yard touchdown uh, pass from Case Keenum 
and that was the Redskins' only offensive touchdown of the game. Now, a couple of positives here. Again, the Redskins on third and nine, not just taking a check down, not just settling for something to get a punt or to hope for taking a deep shot. One. Two, Davis was the intended guy, the intended target. He's a guy that a lot of people, myself, I, you know, honestly, I, I've kind of slept on him a little bit since the severe leg injury. Uh, a lot of people that I've talked to around camp have buzzed about him and say he might be capable of pushing a guy like Josh Doxson off the bubble and off the roster. We'll get to that as we kind of develop and next week. But the bottom line is, is Robert Davis did himself some good with the one catch for 46 yards. But again, he drew the 43-yard defensive pass interference penalty. So essentially, you can look at that as, you know, again, you don't you don't necessarily have to look at it as a second catch, but you have to look at it as 90 yards of production or 89 yards of production because he, again, drew the defensive pass interference penalty, and ultimately the Redskins were able to pick up 43 yards on that third uh, and nine play. So Case Keenum played the three series again, four of nine, 60 yards, the touchdown, uh, the 43-yard defensive pass interference, a rating of 103.9, no turnovers. Meanwhile, Dwayne Haskins, the rookie, the 15th overall pick for the Redskins, eight of 14, 117 passing yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, including a pick six, a rating of 44.9, I forgot to mention Case Keenum also had one rush for 10 yards. Dwayne Haskins, along with those passing numbers that we just mentioned, had two rushes for 17 yards and could have had one more if not for a holding penalty uh, on the Redskins' uh, offensive line on Timon Paris. Overall, for Dwayne Haskins, listen, there was a lot to like. There was a lot of good. There was some bad. It looked like as I was watching the game, and I'll have a better feel when I can slow it down and watch it on tape, it looked like Dwayne Haskins was fairly comfortable. I don't want to say that he was absolutely comfortable. I'm sure his head was spinning a little bit. There appeared to be one play in which he was absolutely dump truck sacked on and took a hard hit that the center did not slide. The center at that point was Zach Kieran, second, third string type guy. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan wasn't able to pick up the blitz protect against a three-four uh, against a three-technique defensive tackle uh, who had a head of steam again, 315 pounds. You don't necessarily expect even Samaj P. Ryan, who's a little thick and stout, uh, you don't necessarily expect him to pick that up. But the bottom line is uh, that he was able uh, to sack Dwayne Haskins and hit Dwayne Haskins pretty hard and roll over him. Totally clean, totally legal. I don't know if it was Dwayne Haskins not sliding the protection. I'm not sure. We'll have to kind of figure that out in the days to come. Uh, But certainly that was one of the mechanical-type potentials that, you know, you identify live and then you find out more about it as we go through the process. It's going to happen. Dwayne Haskins is not going to do everything right. Clearly, everybody's going to harp on the two interceptions that he threw. One was on basically a wheel route concept uh, to Byron Marshall in which he just kind of, maybe he looked like he was expecting Marshall to cut back in towards and away from the sideline towards the inside, uh, and the linebacker or the safety just kind of floated over underneath. Maybe he and Marshall weren't on the same page, uh, again, in that regard, because Marshall was basically running a wheel route and up the sideline, and if Dwayne Haskins would have thrown it 
a little bit further of a lead and over the defender, it would have been a touchdown or certainly would have been a big play. And again, the margin for error is very small, uh, as you know, uh, in this league. And the, the the other interception, you know, again, was, was just Dwayne Haskins trying to fire a ball in and overshooting Matt Flanagan, the fourth tight end. And again, maybe he was expecting Flanagan to kind of cut inside. Not sure, but he definitely sailed the pass. Uh, and Wilson, who had two interceptions on the game, had the 40-yard interception return uh, again on the wheel route. Uh, situation with Byron Marshall there. Uh, and then Wilson also had a later interception uh, in the fourth quarter against backup quarterback Josh Woodrum. Uh, and then, again, the other interception uh, coming against Haskins when he overthrew Matt Flanagan as the Redskins were kind of marching inside the 30-yard line. Now, again, we mentioned the one sack that, uh, again, Haskins, we're not sure if he didn't switch the protection, slide the protection, all that. There was another sack that he took in which he was, you know, again, hit pretty hard, dumped. Uh, I thought Haskins overall, uh, there was one play where he kind of scrambled to his left and he still took a hard lick even though he got rid of the football and he almost had a completion. Uh, There was a couple of plays where he had to scramble and run around and kind of break contain and break the pocket. Maybe he didn't see what he liked uh, trying to turn something into nothing. Again, he had two carries for 17 yards and had a nine-yard um, people said, scouts, analysts, we've talked about this so many times on this podcast, right? So many episodes that I thought Dwayne Haskins was more mobile than people were giving him credit for. Well, tonight or Thursday night in Cleveland, you saw exactly that. He was running all over the place. Uh, again, you don't want him necessarily scrambling like he had to, but he was running. He was checking. He he ran the read option and the read option keeper on his first pass play. He ran a bootleg and exactly ran a perfect arc and threw on the run. Perfect seed, perfect lead. Again, it's not just the running yardage, two for 17. Again, it's the context of what he did within the game that I was so impressed by with Dwayne Haskins. Again, more than any throw he made, he started off the game with a 27-yard seed, again on a bootleg to Darvin Kidsey. Uh, He had a 32-yard pass later in that series, again to Kidsey, who then fumbled the football as it was punched out. Yes, he had the two interceptions, but there was a lot to like about Dwayne Haskins. There was a lot not to like, and then a lot he has to correct, and a lot he has to fix. Hopefully he came out 100% okay and just maybe a little bit beat up, a little bit sore. Should be fine. Going into the final weekend in Richmond, we will see. All right, let's take a quick timeout. We'll have the rest of the numbers. We'll have defensive statistics, rushing statistics, the rest of the wide receiver story, who played, who didn't play, who made an impact. We'll do all that next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number two. 83. Thanks for being with us. I'm your host, Chris Russell. The new Locked On NFL is on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows. Expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock on Locked On NFL, which is your daily national podcast of all things NFL. Matt's unique take on the game. Make sure you follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, it is Chris Russell here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 283. Good to have you with us. So the Redskins lose 30-10 to 10 in the preseason opener in Cleveland. Let's get more into the rest of the night. Again, Colt McCoy did not play. We mentioned Josh Woodrum with an interception in the fourth quarter. 6 of 11, 44 yards, uh, no touchdowns, and an interception. The question I asked on 106.7 The Fan live watching the game and trying to do a talk show was, was Dwayne Haskins in there too long? He played six series, again, a couple of sacks, a couple of interceptions, uh, took a couple of hard hits, made some big throws, did some nice things. Was he in there too? I'm surprised he honestly played six series. I was kind of expecting three to four series, somewhere in that range, honestly. Um, I get the reason why he was in there for six. He certainly needs the reps. He certainly needs to see the bullets flying around for real. Practice is not the same as preseason games. Anybody that tells you practice is the same as preseason games is fooling themselves. It is not. It is not correct. Preseason games are important. They are crucial. But the bottom line is, is I was surprised again to see him play as long as he did. When he came out for the start of the second half, I thought, well, maybe one more series at best. And he played the entire third quarter. So, again, I was a little bit surprised by that. I would fully expect Jay Gruden is going to maybe receive some national uh, discussion and some national criticism if anybody was really paying attention uh, to this game. And maybe they were early on because of Baker Mayfield. Maybe they were because of Dwayne Haskins. They're going to see some of the highlights, some of the hits, and some of the, I guess, I don't want to say brutality, uh, but they're going to see some of that. There might They might ask some questions. Uh, why was Dwayne Haskins playing uh, into the late third quarter and through the third quarter if he is going to be the starting quarterback? Well, the easy answer to that is I don't think he's going to be the starting quarterback, as we've talked about uh, constantly in this regard. But the defense of Jay Gruden is that he needs time. He needs seasoning. He needs experience. All right, the rest of the box score and the rest of inside the numbers looks like this. The Redskins didn't have a whole lot of success rushing the football overall. Uh, They ran for 82 rushing net yards uh, on the night. Craig Reynolds, 9 carries, 21 yards. Byron Marshall, 5 carries, 17 yards. Haskins, we mentioned, 2 for 17. We mentioned Keenum, 1 for 10. Samaje Ryan 6 for 13. And Sean Wilson, 4 of four. In terms of receivers, we mentioned Darvin Kidsey uh, earlier. Seven targets, five catches, 86 yards, a long of 32. However, that came with a fumble. Robert Davis, the one catch, the one target, plus the defensive pass interference, 46 yards, touchdown. Good night at the office for him. Rookie Kelvin Harmon, late to the party. He didn't have anything in the first half, uh, by my count. Three targets, two catches, 17 yards for the rook with a long of nine. Matt Flanagan, three targets, one catch, 15 yards. Again, was involved in the second Dwayne Haskins interception. Wilson, uh, Sean Wilson, had one catch for 12 yards. 
Steven Sims Jr., one catch for nine yards. Trey Quinn, one catch on one target for eight. Uh, Cam Sims, two targets, one catch for six. J.P. Holtz, one catch on one target for six. T.J. Ramming, four targets, one catch for six yards. Craig Reynolds, again, one catch, one target, five yards. Jehu Chesson, one target, one catch, four yards. Samaj P. Ryan, two targets, one catch, and one yard. Jeremy Sprinkle, one target, no catches. And Brian Quick had two targets and no catches. The name that is probably most notable on there is Terry McLaurin. He only took apparently one snap, and uh, Jay Gruden, I guess, basically explained to reporters that they didn't really want to expose him in any way, which kind of you'd probably read into that uh, as thinking that Terry McLaurin not only has his roster spot solidified, which of course he does, but he might be a starting receiver on this team, and he might be one on week one and have it not take much time at all. That could be a leap. I don't know. Uh, Maybe they're trying to just limit his workload. Not sure, but the bottom line is uh, that's the story in that regard. Now, as we take a sip of our water, apologize for that, on defense, Jimmy Moreland was the star of the show. He had five tackles. He had, I'm sorry, he had six combined tackles, five solo tackles, And Jimmy Moreland had two forced fumbles. Jimmy Moreland was an absolute superstar in this game. Uh, I don't know uh, what other way you can say it. He had a fourth and goal stop for the forced fumble, and then he also had another forced fumble uh, late in the game um, that was important as well as the Browns were trying to score. Uh, so the bottom line is, is Jimmy Moreland did everything and then some. He had a couple of pass defenses uh, as well on a fourth down and goal stop again for the Redskins. We're going to get more into Jimmy Moreland as we go along because this guy just simply needs to be on the roster. There's no other way uh, about it, and he needs to play uh, because he, again, is just one of these ball hawk types that always seems to be in the right spot now. He may have gotten away with a little holding and therefore defensive pass interference. Um, Again, these plays can now be challenged. Even if a call is not made on the field, they can be challenged. So something to kind of watch for and keep an eye on. But ultimately, it wasn't called, wasn't reviewed, wasn't challenged, anything like that. Jimmy Moreland was tremendous in every way. Just incredible effort. Pretty good technique from what I can tell. Good positioning. Just a fight, a certain a uh, fight in in uh, Jimmy Moreland. Jimmy Reese had uh, Jeremy Reese had uh, six tackles uh, as well. Uh, Ryan B had a sack and five tackles. DeShazer Everett had four tackles. Also missed a key tackle. Cole Holcomb had four tackles. Uh, Dominique Rogers Camardi had three. Apke had three. Troy Apke that is. Um, in terms of Pressures and sacks. Ryan Anderson had a half a sack. Ryan B. had a sack, as we mentioned. Um, Bonner had a half a sack, and I believe that was it for the Redskins, who finally, after a brutal first series in which Baker Mayfield went through them like a hot knife through butter, they got after it finally and had a three and out on the second series. And now, again, that's without Baker Mayfield, uh, but the bottom line is, is they had a three and out on the second series. They forced a couple of turnovers, including a fourth down and goal stand. Uh, so some encouraging signs out of the defense. And again, even though they lose this game 30 to 10, 
you got to remember 13 of those 30 points do come off of a pick six and as well a punt return, so that's not uh, on the touchdown. But again, the very concerning sign was whatever starters did play on that first series, certainly Baker Mayfield carved them up as he was 5 of 6 for 77 passing yards on that particular drive. Another couple of things that we need to point out. Uh, Sean Dion Hamilton got a little bit banged up. He's got a chest injury. Hopefully that's not a major uh, thing. And as well, Casanova McKenzie, who's a guy we've talked about a lot, who's a guy that I was kind of looking for. He did have a fumble recovery on one of the Moreland fumbles, the one at the goal line. Uh, Casanova McKenzie also got banged up as well. We'll have further details on those guys on the next episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. All right, we're going to take a timeout right here on LOR 283. We'll come back. And we'll wrap things up with some final thoughts and some score updates from around the NFL and some big picture items. That's next right here on LOR. What's up, guys? It's Chris Russell, Locked on Redskins. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Not to go to work, not to go to the store because you forgot something, but ready to go to the bedroom. That's right. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, fellas. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, and you can be ready to go whenever the opportunity comes about. If you could benefit from a little extra function, fellas, and more confidence where it matters, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. If you visit BlueChew.com, you get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping again. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. Get it now, guys. All right, we welcome you back. It is episode, again, number 283 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. So one thing I wanted to clean up uh, from earlier in the game on Thursday night as the Redskins lose 30-10 to to the Cleveland Browns, was there were a bunch of holding penalties. Uh, on successive plays, Eric Flowers took a hold that negated a big Samaj P. Ryan run of, I think, 13 yards on a sweep to the left or an outside zone to the left. On the very next play, Jaron Christian was beaten off the snap, had to hold to maybe help avoid a sack. And then on a third down and I believe it was third down and nine, or maybe it was actually third down and 13 after the holding penalties uh, because they were spot fouls. Uh, the Redskins took two holding penalties, which were both declined on the same play. So essentially four holding penalties in the span of three plays. Two of them only counted. The Redskins only had uh, on the entire night, they were only whistled for seven penalties costing them 55 yards, but you could make an argument. Certainly there were a couple of decline penalties uh, and two of them were on one particular play. They were both declined. So really you're looking at uh, nine penalties. Timon Paris had a, a holding penalty as well. He may have been responsible 
uh, along with Zach Kieran, uh, for the one sack mishap that we were talking about uh, with Dwayne Haskins. The Redskins on third down, not bad, 7 of 16. Uh, they allowed a third down, 6 of 14 uh, to the Cleveland Browns, double the amount of first downs, 23 uh, to 12. Uh, on the night, uh, they allowed 90 rushing yards, 327 passing yards. Again, some of that is a little bit misleading, but the most important thing was the 77 yards with ease that Baker Mayfield, who's a great quarterback, great young quarterback, and the Cleveland Browns, no Odell Beckham, no Jarvis Landry. Certainly that is something that's a little bit concerning. He zipped in a touchdown pass right over Troy Apke, who almost knocked it down, and right in front of Dominique rogers Cromartie. Not a great night for the safeties, uh, by any means, by and obviously, again, Landon Collins uh, did not play. All right, just real quickly around the NFL, Jamison Crowder with a touchdown in his New York Jets debut. The New York Giants win 31-22 to over the New York Jets. Daniel Jones in his NFL preseason uh, debut for the Giants in this one, 5 of five for 67 yards and a touchdown. Certainly that's going to get some people uh, a little bit lathered up and a little bit more favorable reaction, if you will, uh, to Dave Gettleman and Daniel Jones uh, in general. As I mentioned, Jamison Crowder in his Jets debut with the touchdown catch. Crowder had two catches for 31 yards on two targets and the one touchdown. So there you have that. And then Kyler Murray. In his NFL debut, 6 of 7, 44 yards for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they are still playing as we record this. I believe he is done for the night. Again, 6 of 7 for 44 yards overall uh, in his NFL debut. couple of injury newts. newts. Jermaine Curse, he broke his leg, also had an ankle issue, so he's going to miss certainly some time. Joey Bosa of the Los Angeles Chargers uh, has a significant angle sprain. A significant ankle sprain is what he wanted to say, not angle sprain. Uh, That's Nick Bosa, not Joey Bosa. Nick Bosa, Chris, of the San Francisco 49ers top pick. He will not play uh, in the preseason. Again, has a full-blown high ankle sprain, uh, and that could cost him the start of the regular season. Also, Jarek McKinnon, who was just activated from the pup list, has to basically have a PRP injection, uh, and he's going to miss the next couple of weeks. He began to feel a little soreness after taking part in individual drills. It's kind of weird that they would bring him back, and then he would have to go right away uh, with the whole soreness and PRP uh, injection. For the Redskins, it appears that they escape major, major injury, but we will see uh, as some uh, tests and evaluation are done on Friday morning, Friday afternoon, after the team uh, returns home to Richmond. That's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 283. Thanks for being with us. I'm your host, Chris Russell. As always, make sure you follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins on Twitter. And you can email me, russellmania09 at gmail.com. Also, also, you can uh, follow me on ind- on Twitter individually, at russellmania621. All right, that's going to do it for us. Adios. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.